Welcome to the Sensual Artistry Podcast, exploring erotic awakenings and liberated love. I'm your host, Luna Agnea, essential arts and intimacy facilitator, relationship coach, tantrika, and artist with a passion for the path of liberation through love. In this podcast, you will receive firsthand stories of sacred erotic awakenings, transformational experiences, and love that goes beyond limits. This podcast is here to inspire, educate, and awaken your own sensual artist, because when you liberate your eros, you liberate your life. Welcome back. I have today as my guest Shelby Lee, who's an amazing teacher that I yeah, did some trauma awareness for facilitator work with and also was yeah, previously part of the sex coaching program that I did and Shelby does some amazing things. So would you like to introduce yourself a little bit to the folks here? Sure. Yeah. I I'm in Bend, Oregon in the United States. And one of the the amazing things I love doing more than anything is snowboarding. And so <laughs> we, I just got down from the mountain 10, 20 minutes ago. My face is bright red from the wind. And um, I, part of the trauma awareness work that we do is resourcing. And so like being in nature and in an adventure and outside is one of my absolute favorite things to be doing with my life. And other than that, in the work world, I'm a trained um, somatic psychotherapist, trauma specialist, and uh, certified coach. So I get to spend a lot of time in really lovely, loving, nourishing spaces with incredible humans doing awesome work in the world. Yeah, amazing. I love your work. And yeah, thanks for being here to talk with us about whatever's going to arise in this conversation. We were just speaking before about, yeah, getting into a conversation around liberated love and different ways that that looks and kind of being in relationships that don't end up fitting the box and the ideal of what we've been told that relationships should look like and surrendering into the truth of what is. And I think this is a really juicy topic in the age of, you know, a lot of us relationship and dating coaches and sex coaches having these beautiful uh, public displays of what a sacred relationship looks like and, you know, the curation of social media and then what the reality actually <laughs> is like. Uh, how that differs. So I think it's a juicy topic. So I'd love you to yeah, just dive in and share a little bit about what's alive for you and your love and relationship life right now. Yeah. Um, what's happening right now sounds so fun to talk about. And I'll just preface it with, you know, decades of a ton of pain around relationship and romance, having complex PTSD and growing up with no model of what love was like or relationship or healthy connection. And so my partner and I are having to really be fierce together about we are creating this together. We're creating a new model for us, not a model we're borrowing from this conscious system or that psychotherapy model. And we're really in this moment by moment how do we 
together uh, create health and nourishment in our connections so that we can really be present and loving and impacting our communities in a way that feels awesome and inspiring. And wow, it sounds so great, but it is such work. (laughs) It is like that fierceness. If I am not diligent about watching my mind go into, yeah, but what we're doing right now doesn't look like what that conscious teacher is telling me it should look like. Oh, that Instagram post that I saw for 12 seconds, I'm thinking about it for the last 48 hours because our relationship doesn't look like that. Is there something wrong about me? Is there something wrong about my partner? And so it just takes so much work for me to continue to remember that I am choosing consciously to look through the lens of what's right, what's working. Um, and like in my work, I'm so anti-pathologizing everything, making it all wrong. And then I show up in my relationship with my history and I'm like, oh, everything's wrong. Let's fix it all. And I'm like, nope, I'm not doing that this time because I love myself too much to create that kind of stress. And I love my partner too much to create that kind of stress. And so far it's working and it feels so much better than anything else I've ever experienced. And it is a lot of work and I'm okay with that. Yeah. I like what you're saying around the pathologizing. I think this is something that gets um, tricky when you study this and when you're following all the relationship coaches and you're like, that's that attachment trauma. And that's that complex PTSD response. And Oh, now you're in a trauma response and you're trying to just be present and loving and compassionate. But then like you find yourself, like wanting to put it in a box or try to mentally understand it a lot of the time once you've got these these models. So how does that show up for you and how are you like taking a step back from that? I can really resonate with, you know, the mentally trying to figure it out. I, you know, even though I so focus on embodiment and somatics, we do that for, we teach what we need the most, right? And I can just be so deeply stuck in my head and just spinning my wheels. And um, did you say, how does it show up for me? How are you starting to, you know, step back from that? Or what are you doing around that piece? Yeah. I'm actually noticing what happens in my body, how it impacts my body and my breath, my energy levels. And I have had chronic health issues for so long. And so I have this deep commitment. Like my loving commitment is like, I have got to choose ease and peace so that I can't, I can't allow myself when I have the choice to go into that fight, flight, freeze that stresses my everything, my immune system, my nervous system, my relationships, my work. And so if it feels like I'm tensing up or um, not breathing as much or really, really deeply bone tired, I have got to show up with that with the most amount of love I have available. And that might mean um, I actually have to make a different choice. In the past, that would look like going to try to get my partner to do something so that I could feel better. (laughs) <laughs> and now I know I actually I have to do something so that I can feel better. Um, and then it's it's like amazing what happens. Then my partner shows up in a way that contributes to that support. 
but I have got to find some part of me that can care about the exhaustion or care about the tension and find resource. And often for me, that's calling a girlfriend and just chatting it out these days, going in nature, getting some exercise. And it's so simple, but they weren't choices I used to make. (laughs) And it's so nice to have it feel different these days. Mm. Yeah, I definitely resonate a lot with that as a fellow spoonie and it's like yeah as soon as it gets intense and dramatic then like your body kind of does the stuff for you so it's like okay you're gonna be in bed for some days if you don't calm down and chill out and make it a bit more peaceful um and yeah I love how you said like that when you then do kind of the inner work instead of being like okay my partner needs to change or we need to do something to fix this and you're like, okay now I'm going to resource myself here then then that shifts something within your partner because I've noticed that as well like the, it's such an interesting energetic thing when we're like something needs to be fixed and something needs to happen or something needs to change or they need to change in some way then that kind of amplifies whatever's happening and then as soon as one of you is like actually I'm gonna ground and let this go or um, yeah, make a different decision, then that often will shift in them. And then the love and compassion and the thing that wanted to happen will happen anyway, without it needing to be forced just from actually relaxing out of the tension. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually been like, getting off on a little bit. What is it like when I don't react? (laughs) What is it like when I don't need something to happen right now? What is it like when I can actually resource myself? And that doesn't mean I can't ask my partner to help. Um, But it is so much fun for me because I've spent so much of my life in reactivity, just, you know, kind of almost walking around like a kicked dog. And I need my partner to take care of me so compassionately. And it is such a different place where I also have compassion for me and Mm -hmm. I care before I didn't have that. And so it helps me slow things down so much so that there's space between whatever creates that charge. And then we can like take a moment, we can tend to it. And I'm having so much fun. It's just like, oh my gosh, this can happen in a relationship if I can really take everything I've got and go for a 20 minute walk before I address this. It feels <laughs> almost impossible, but every time I do it, it has such a positive benefit for both of us. He feels loved. I feel loved and the drama comes down and it feels so much better. Uh, yeah. My partner and I made a rule when like things get tense that it's like tend to the body first and like, come back to regulation and then talk and don't don't talk about the problem until you've chilled out because you're just gonna like throw gas on the fire um if if we're like out of balance and we're activated and then you know our more immature mind is at play and our previous history is at play and then we're not really talking from our present moment selves but the, the past selves and yeah, it's good to 
understand that enough to be able to yeah take that pause and walk away so yeah how's this showing up um in your day-to-day and like the quality of your relationship now like kind of understanding this pattern a bit more and making these different choices yeah well i really want to say that i am not an expert in this and i for maybe the first time in my life am settling into wow i actually i have a lot to learn in how to build a healthy relationship i came from a really messed up blueprint and while i have studied diligently <laughs> attachment theory complex ptsd developmental trauma nonviolent communication you name it i've taken the workshop i have never pulled off a successful relationship until now with a soul partner you know i i I'm giving myself and my partner so much space. I mean, we've been on and off for 20 years and this time it feels like the first time, you know, it feels like we've got a real shot. And uh, just uh, taking that frame of, you know what? Neither of us have ever had the super successful relationship we've dreamed of because we're not, you know, we'd be doing that if we were, but now we are in something where we can build it in a way that we both feel seen, heard, and loved by. And we don't know how. We have access to a million resources and they're not going to work for us. I have a neurodiverse brain. He does too. And so I, every single day, have to be like, Yeah, that attachment thing actually doesn't apply here. I can't use that technique I learned. It doesn't work for either of our brains. I can't put this in a masculine and feminine box. We don't live in that world in the way that we interact. We have to be so fresh and curious in the moment that it takes every spiritual practice I have ever done to stay curious, compassionate, and present instead of trying to overlay oh, I should be using that feminine communication style or, you know, all the things I think I should be doing. And I just have to come at it fresh. Yeah. And yeah, to me, hearing that sounds like that's the true spiritual relationship in a way. It's like being with what is, being present, not having your boxes and labels around like how it's meant to be and your projections around how it's meant to be but just like relating from what is true and what is there and what is um the uniqueness of you two beings coming together and like that is true spiritual relating in my perspective rather than just like putting on this oh yeah you're the masculine being and you're gonna have the purpose and drive and guide me and like that's just (laughs) another story that would be told essentially from someone that it worked for yeah yeah or another pathology really it's like oh my my man isn't in his masculine I'm not in my feminine what do we need to fix here I'm like we're just having a little dropout like take let's have a breath tomorrow we'll meet again you know yeah And I think that, as you mentioned as well, neurodiversity really does come a lot into this. Like my ex-partner um, of a long time had ADD and it was 
it really interesting trying to navigate like a lot of stuff when there is like impulse control issues and like yeah especially with when I was reading as part of my training like the way of the superior man and you know saying about like yeah and you need to like make the decisions and guide and when someone has ADHD or ADD and they have executive function issues, then that's a really difficult thing for them. And then trying to say, well, that means that you're not masculine or you're not guiding or you're not doing, and it's your fault that I'm now having to get into this mentality, then yeah, that's quite a toxic way of viewing it. I think like it's really making them wrong for who they are and something that they can't help. And it's not compassionate. Like I got quite mean during that relationship um, after a while because I wasn't able to hold that with compassion. I was just like annoyed by it all the time. And uh, it was only after the relationship and the more that I actually learned um, a bit about some other types of neurodiversity and stuff that I was able to be like, oh, wow, I really wasn't able to be as compassionate and loving as he deserved around that topic because I didn't really understand it and I didn't have support for me around being in partnership with that as well so yeah that's been the absolute game changer for me I came into this this chapter of our connection saying I like I choose this I know what I'm signing up for and I really want to see him as he is and love him as he is. I find that I suffer and we suffer the most when I start looking at the models outside and thinking we should be doing that or looking like that. But when I'm present, we are uh, we are great. I mean, we are beyond great. We are incredible. This It is a love that I could have only dreamed of and it is so special. And so deep and so sweet. But the second that Instagram post rolls by <laughs> that makes me go, oh, oh yeah, we're not doing that masculine, feminine leadership, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, you know, I get so anxious and so rattled and I'm such a worrier that, oh, that must mean I'm in some kind of relationship that's bad for me or these are red flags, X, Y, Z. And because that's my conditioning. Like I want to do it all perfectly. I want to be conscious because I came from somewhere that was so unconscious and painful. So I have to be continually doing everything I can with every support I have to go, no, I choose presence. I choose to see this person as they are instead of choose what's wrong, what could change, what could shift. And, you know, it's incredible. That, I mean, to me, that is being in my feminine because I'm just allowing what's happening. I'm receiving the moment. I'm receiving what's actually here. And that feels so much better. Yeah. Yeah. And I find like, yeah, I've on some of these podcasts talked to some people around like a lot of critiques around some of the masculine pol- feminine polarity stuff for this reason because yeah it can be unrealistic expectations and also those of us that identify as queer or have more of a queer being also don't fit into these boxes and yeah I think it's something that just this industry uh and like 
can feel like we're helping by uh, teaching some of this stuff that works for us. But like, I find I, I try to be really cautious when I'm speaking about relationship stuff to just be like, yeah, like, this is what's working for me, or this is what's alive in my relationship right now. And there's no right or wrong way. Same with like, there's no right or wrong between poly or monogamous or, you know, who's leading or whatever. And um, yeah, as soon as we start like thinking that it, supposed to be a certain way then we're going to just be yeah, looking for these red flags and all these ways that it's not aligned and it's not right rather than just being able to feel that that love that's there and um something i loved in jessica fern's polysecure book was where there was a lot of talking about um the security of a relationship being based on the quality of the moments that you're sharing together above all else like when you have insecurity because you're dating other people and it's not just about commitment it's about like yeah do you feel really respected do you feel loved do you have fun together do you have things that are meaningful to you does it add to the quality of your life do you feel supported <laughs> like that's what we should be defining a successful relationship on rather than any external outcome so yeah how do you define that quality that made you say yes to going into the struggles in this relationship but you're like no this this is worth it like what I'm receiving from it that that's exactly it you know that's for me the same it's like how are the quality of the moments we spend together and it's like for 20 years every moment has been epic when we are not together is when I have to work Cause I get uh, all this abandonment stuff and all this rejection stuff and I'm too much and I am too little and I have needs and that's scary. <laughs> and it's like a whole show, a really intense movie. And, but when we're together, it is like, Oh, it's just the thing that I want more than anything in the world. And you know, as well as I do, when we have complex trauma, where our brains are literally wired to focus on what's wrong, what could go bad, what feels unsafe. And so I'm up for the work. <laughs> I'm up for the in-between work where I have to go, oh yeah, don't, don't forget about the quality of those moments. I actually have to write down what happened that was really good so that in the moments when we're not together, I go, oh yeah, we're good. We're fine. You know, it's great. But that little kid brain in me is like, no, something has to be wrong because that's all I knew in relationship. And I do not want to put that on this. And so I have to be really mindful about doing the work I need to do for my history, bringing it in a way that we can hold it together. And it's that is that discernment is like a life's work, right? How much can I ask my partner to hold when I have like, such an incredibly huge history and how much do I need to take to get support around? It's just constant yeah. discernment. Do you find that for yourself? Yeah. Well, I mean, for, uh, especially with my partner with some disorganized stuff, like I actually wrote a, a letter, um, at one point of like, these are all the reasons I love you. And please you have like a time coming up where it doesn't feel true or you're wondering why we're together or something like you can read and receive and um yeah I mean for us like we did a series of like relationship coaching where we went into a lot of our traumas and like went really deep when we had the capacity uh when things were still good in our relationship we're like all right we know that we have 
this stuff. Like I've got all my chronic illness of being a burden, um, avoidant attachment stuff. And, you know, he's got his history and like, I know that if you wait until this stuff's just coming up and alive in the moment, then it's really hard to feel compassion for each other and you go with the war with each other. So we're like, okay, let's get it before then. If we want to commit to this relationship, let's like go into these processes where we can really hold space and see that wounded inner child and ask it what it needs and figure out this in a space before it comes to it. And I found like that was just the best thing that we decided to do in our relationship was to do that early on before the shit hit the fan, before we were uh, in any point like that. And we just really have so much compassion for each other in those spaces and good boundaries with each other. Like, you know, he's able to see like, okay, I can hold that part of your trauma uh to this extent but then actually now i need to set a boundary because i'm going into my martyr and like actually i love you but you're gonna have to hold yourself now and i do the same where i can be like okay i can understand i could be a bit more compassionate and loving right now and then actually sorry but like this i think this is getting a little bit into hypersensitivity and i don't want to coddle that like i think i need to set a boundary here with you as well around your trauma lovingly supportingly i know this is hard for you right now but i think this isn't mine and i think those boundaries that we both have with each other of being like compassionate and loving and supportive to an extent but then also knowing when to say like okay like i don't want to infantilize you and uh coddle you too much because i know you're stronger than this and i don't want to like uh make that pattern even deeper by you like <laughs> going into your drama a little bit too much and then getting coddled in it. And then it, it rewards that or something. So it's quite a finicky part of feeling into like, okay, where do we need to set the boundary as the partner when it's getting a little bit too much, but like still with love. Um, so yeah, I'm curious how that shows up for you and your relationship. Yeah, really similarly. And like the boundary for me, I'll feel somatically, you know, I'll mm. start kind of maybe getting a little like bored or I'll feel my body kind of almost pull back or go a little flat. Like, like, it's hard. It doesn't feel so alive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and then I'm like, Oh, we're in that thing that we have done a thousand times. That is your work that you need to tend to. And a thousand times before I've went into mother therapist role and now mm. when I feel that, I'm I, it's more of an energetic communication of like, yep, that's there. And I'm not actually going to come over there. Like, I'm not going to lean forward into it. I'm just going to be here. I'm going to hear it. And I'm going to trust that you're going to take care of it. And yeah. that feels so different. And I don't get depleted. I don't go yeah. exhausted. It's great. And I think that he gets more um, agency around how he wants to handle that. If I'm not in there trying to like fix it, understand it, like let him lean on me, whatever. It's just like, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I think that comes with the maturing and the the self-trust of it's like, okay, like I have had me even when they, before they were around or when they're not around, like I know I can survive going into yeah. this 
trauma wound or whatever and I can come out of it alone it's really nice if someone can support me there and it feels a bit better <laughs> and I can usually come out faster when I'm being supported but I can do it alone as well if I have to and I can survive that so um, I think that that self-trust seems to come in for us as well of like okay it's beautiful to be supported but I don't always necessarily needed in the need of like if I don't have it I'm gonna break or not be able to survive <laughs> so like I value it we try like, to move to values yeah yeah I mean that's a sign of real healing to be able to go okay I can regulate I can resource I don't need this to be handled right now and god what a gift and it is that is hard work to get there I mean, relationship yeah. is the most activating thing I have ever experienced in my life, you know? <laughs> so it's a big ask to regulate when you're feeling threatened or frightened in some way. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious then, like, what's your, what are your tips, like, not in the relationship, uh, <laughs> like, and this is the way that you relate but if you had advice <laughs> for people that are maybe struggling with things like neurodivergence and complex ptsd or different pieces around relating even if it's not <laughs> in those boxes but we all struggle with relationships like what yeah what do you recommend from people from your journeying around this that might be supportive or help folks yeah. I'm in a, my own healing process where it almost feels like I should say, I don't know, <laughs> because I really feel like it has to be different for everyone. Every single nervous system, there cannot be a blueprint. But the one thing that I think we all need are people that feel safe enough to talk with on an emotional level of like, look, I'm feeling really challenged. I'm feeling really overwhelmed or whatever it is. Um, and resources that we can, that just help us feel a little more centered and balanced when we're feeling scared or sad or full of desire, whatever it is and not getting what we want <laughs> and being able to create a bit of a refuge for ourselves so that when we do meet another in relationship or others in relationship that we don't feel so alone. We feel like we've got a community to lean into. We've got resources to lean into and we don't have to go through this really, really, really vulnerable thing um, on our own. And to remember that we're not alone, you know, as much as possible. I love the phrase others feel this too, because sometimes when I am just Spinning, I'm all I can be mean to myself. <laughs> like everyone else has it figured out. What's your problem? You're like a very educated, emotionally advanced, aware person, and you something must be broken. You know, I'll go there, and not as much as in the past. But to remember, oh no, this is normal. Others feel this too. Of course, you're spinning out. Of course, you're terrified of fucking it up or being too much or not getting what you want. And it's just like hand to heart. Yeah. Others feel this too. Or can I find a part of me that can care about this? Those are my go-tos. 
time. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, I think it's such a beautiful nuanced perspective that you're bringing here into a different yeah, way of relating. And as I said, I think that's like the really, yeah, the next level of deeper <laughs> spiritual work is just like, okay, all the systems, all the boxes, all the perceptions that I had, like <laughs> they've all dissolved. Like what is real? What is true? What is here? How do I navigate this moment to moment and find what, what works for us and what, how love wants to express itself uniquely through our dynamic. Cause every, that's the thing I love about love and relationships is that, yeah, it's just so fascinating how different it is every time two completely different personality structures, souls, whatever come together and how that unique configuration interacts with each other. And there's no one way because there's no one type of person like we're all so so unique and just yeah each relationship requires its own yeah carefully explored design structure and rules and ways of being that that work for each person so yeah yeah I know we have to end but do you have any favorite tools or ways that you might offer a people in those moments yeah I mean as I was mentioning, for, for us, and it doesn't necessarily mean someone has to go to relationship therapy or counseling or coaching or whatever, but like having a space when it's not activated in the moment to like lovingly, compassionately explore some of the, the deeper wounds. So like to like the, yeah, what we do in the coaching part is trying to say like okay what's it what what's underneath it what was the unmet need and then like what do you need what does this unmet need need from your partner or something so then you know like okay like when they get triggered into this pattern and they're doing this thing like I understand and I can have compassion for the fact that that's like linked to this thing in their upbringing or whatever and I know that they need acceptance right now or compassion right now and then I, I find after like having that exposed earlier, then I'm much more easier able to drop into that. So instead of being like, oh, you're being such a child right now and you're blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> like I was in my past relationship where I was just really like, oh, I hate when this inner child, like stupid piece comes out and I just get angry at it. Well, this time I'm able to be like, oh, like that sweet piece. Like, can I, do I hold it and love it? Like you deserve better you deserve better you're so lovable and just like love the shit out of it until it melts away and like such a beautiful thing to be able to hold like to give and also to receive in that space and I found yeah the only way to, is to really get to those pieces when you're not activated <laughs> I think uh so that you can yeah have that compassion so yeah having those tough conversations and being vulnerable with each other um so that you can yeah have that empathy and compassion uh and yeah try to turn towards each other even when you're like oh, i just want to like roll over the other <laughs> side of the bed and just ignore you it's like can you just turn towards like a lot of the time it would just be a little poke poke like yeah like right now even though we're angry at each other we'll just hold totally. each other and be in the pain of this um yeah and then and things soften like we always just this 
the softening and this falling away of the defenses that can happen when you bring in that that loving compassion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I felt my whole body melt when you were describing oh, it. I feel like I'm melting into like compassionate, loving embrace. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing some of your insights with us. And yeah, do you want to share a little bit about how people can connect with you if they, yeah, the kind of work that you're doing? Yeah. So you can find me in on all the platforms. My website is shelby-leigh.com. And I I wear a lot of hats, but the foundation of my work is honoring trauma, embracing trauma and trauma healing. Um, I have a course on trauma-informed care. I have a a course that supports practitioners and facilitators for 10 months around how we feel in those relationships with our clients and the relationships to our business, support people one-on-one. It's all there. And um, it's always so good to meet whoever is curious. So always feel free to reach out and ask questions. I am here. Thank you. Thanks for all your wisdom and all that you're doing in the world to help yeah, bring more trauma-aware, trauma-informed care to the humans that need it. <laughs> mm, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it and found it inspiring. You can connect with me on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and through my website, sensualartistry.com and sensualarts.school, where you can get some freebies and sign up to my mailing list to stay in touch. Hope to see you again soon.